KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill on Wednesday mandating a study on how the state can make amends for its role in oppressing black people. The bill makes California the first state in the country to study reparations for the descendants of enslaved people. The state will convene a nine-person task force to make proposals for reparations and who will be eligible to receive them. The bill was authored by State Assembly member Shirley Weber of San Diego. Some of the options included in the bill for reparations are forgiving student loans and paying for public work projects or job training. Newsom will appoint five members of the task force. The other four members would come from the state legislature. The law says the task force has to have two people from major civil society and reparations organizations and at least one academic expert on civil rights. The task force will have its first meeting by June 1st of next year. San Diego Unified School District will bring thousands of high-need students back to campus starting October 13th. Richard Barrera is a school board member at San Diego Unified. He said teachers will make appointments with students to assess how much they've fallen behind. Appointments can look different. I mean, it could be, you know, we're going to make an appointment for you to come in for an hour and have an assessment. Or it could be that, you know, we want to develop a schedule with the student where they're essentially in class all day, every day. Also, San Diego State University says a small number of in-person classes would start on October 12th. The university had moved all courses online after COVID cases soared among students during the first weeks of the semester. The county announced two more deaths from COVID-19 and 194 new cases, keeping San Diego in the red tier of COVID restrictions. County officials have focused attention on expanding testing sites for teachers and students. Nick Michonne with the Health and Human Services Agency says the increase in testing is to improve safety as schools reopen. All of them as to being no appointment drop-in sites. Uh, so trying to make it as easy and accessible to uh, uh, San Diegans. Four designated testing sites for school staff will be available this week, starting today in Chula Vista and San Diego. It's Thursday, October 1st. Pumpkin season is officially here. This is San Diego News Matters from KPBS News, a daily morning news podcast powered by everyone in the KPBS newsroom. I'm Annika Colbert. Stay with me for more of the local news you need to start your day. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, 
we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. There's a growing child care crisis in California. Across the country, daycare centers have closed due to new regulations and economic hardship as a result of COVID-19. KPBS reporter Claire Tregesser says a union of domestic workers is asking the state for help. 5,000 providers Monday never came. Lynn James is a child care provider in San Diego. She says businesses like hers need more help from the government. And from those 5,000 more children, they have no daycare. It's gone. Those families, many of essential workers, nowhere, had nowhere to send their children. State rules put in place at the onset of the pandemic have forced child care providers to cut class sizes while costs for additional staffing and cleaning supplies have gone up. Now, nearly seven months later, many are going out of business. Child Care Providers United, a project of the union United Domestic Workers, says 5,000 providers statewide have had to close. They're asking for additional funding from the government. Governor Newsom must act today. A study from UC Berkeley found that in Southern California, 62% of childcare programs experienced a loss of income due to low attendance or families not paying the fees, and 81% made staffing changes, including laying off employees or cutting benefits. Mirin Algori, a childcare provider in Chula Vista, says more centers will close soon. We're here today to sound the alarm, and if the state doesn't take action today, they will never be able to reopen, and more childcare providers, more early childhood educators are going to be forced to close the doors. The San Diego County Board of Supervisors created a $25 million grant program for local childcare providers. The money is expected to be awarded soon. Claire Tregesser, KPBS News. As we get closer to the general election, political campaigns are heating up, and we already have campaigns accusing opponents of telling falsehoods in their campaign ads. It's happening in the race for the 53rd Congressional District, where two Democrats are squaring off. KPBS's Matt Hoffman reports. Meet Sarah Jacobs. A new ad for the Georgette Gomez campaign is targeting her Democratic rival Sarah Jacobs, who is the granddaughter of Qualcomm founder Erwin Jacobs. Disclosure, Erwin Jacobs is a major donor to KPBS. Sarah's spending millions of her family's fortune to buy a seat in Congress. Sarah supports Trump's tax cuts for corporations. The ad cites an interview Jacobs did with the San Diego Union Tribune's editorial board back in January. During that interview, Jacobs did tell the board she favored lowering corporate taxes, but... I was not in favor of the Republican tax bill that raised our deficit. I agree that we should have lowered corporate tax rates. I think we lowered them too far. The Jacobs campaign is calling on Gomez to take down the ad, calling it false and misleading. The Gomez campaign says there's no reason to pull down the ad, saying the cornerstone of Trump's tax bill was cutting corporate taxes and Jacobs is on the record saying they should be lowered. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News.
San Diego County officials are scrapping their legally flawed climate action plan. They say they'll work on a new one. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson says that's good news for environmentalists. The Board of Supervisors voted unanimously to start over. The latest plan was approved by the board in 2018, then rejected by a judge late last year. The court agreed with people who said the plan violated the California Environmental Quality Act and didn't account properly for greenhouse gas emissions created by new developments. The Sierra Club's Richard Miller says he's hopeful the county will finally get it right. They are going to really have to to press developers to make sure that they are doing everything that they can to reduce, reduce their carbon. The county's latest plan was the third one rejected by the courts. County Supervisor Diane Jacobs says she hopes the county is finally on the right track. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. The COVID-19 pandemic has highlighted California's shortage of health care workers. Experts are hopeful that a bill signed by Governor Gavin Newsom this week could help fix the problem. The bill expands the authority of nurse practitioners. These professionals have more education and training than registered nurses, but they currently need physician sign-off to diagnose and treat patients. Ileana Metza is a nurse practitioner in Los Angeles. Is my patient having pain after her chemo? I can give her narcotics, but I cannot order a wheelchair. She says being able to do those things will make care more efficient. Instead of the patient coming back and taking two or three buses just to get this form that I'm going to complete myself, and then I'll have my supervisor physician sign, then I can do it myself. She says she'll still be collaborating with physicians when she needs advice. Physician groups have historically opposed this change, citing concerns about quality of care. The San Diego Padres are in the playoffs for the first time in 14 years. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer says the Friars began their first round of the playoffs last night. They're playing against the St. Louis Cardinals for the wild card round at Petco Park. It's a best-of-three series, which started Wednesday, just after 2 p.m. While fans are not allowed in the stands, the team is hosting drive-in watch parties at the Lexus Premier lot near the stadium. Fans also gathered at local bars and restaurants to cheer on their team. George Rogers is a San Diego resident and Padres fan. He says supporting his team from next to the ballpark is an experience with mixed emotions. It is awesome to see him back in the postseason. It's a little bittersweet because I would give anything to be inside Petco, but I will be very close within a block, rooting him on from as loud as I can. With the 60-game shortened MLB season, the Padres are one of 16 teams to play in the 2020 MLB playoffs. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. That was KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer. Final score, Cardinals 7, Padres 4. We are down one game. Proposition 16 is asking California voters to bring back affirmative action to public schools and government work. California eliminated the policy in 1996 by passing another proposition, Prop 209. KPBS reporter Shalina Chetlani explains that supporters of Prop 16 say it would balance the scales, but some critics say it could hurt. In the 1950s, when she was a young girl, Assemblywoman Shirley Weber's family moved from Hope, Arkansas to Los Angeles. They had to. Her father, a sharecropper, 
had a target on his back. He was going to be lynched. The, the talk in the town was that he was one of these uppity Negroes. He fought for himself. Here on the San Diego State University campus, Weber recalls how she escaped persecution and eventually helped start SDSU's Africana Studies Department. She was driven by her desire to work hard and fight like her father, but she had help. I went to grad school because I was a black student. So that was an affirmative action program for a poor kid like me. Weber says when California banned affirmative action in 1996, poor underserved minorities were left behind because state institutions could not develop programs specifically for them. We can't develop a teacher training and a program of recruitment for new teachers based on race. And the improvement of my schools is contingent upon getting teachers who understand the kids. Proposition 16 asked voters to strike the non-discrimination language in the state's constitution. But critics say that won't help with inequality. In the years following the civil rights movement, affirmative action was seen as a next step to reverse centuries of racism. But California passed Proposition 209, which said public institutions and government work should grant no preferential treatment based on race, sex, ethnicity, or national origin. You know, you can't give preferential treatment to one group um, without discriminating against another group. Gail Harriet is a professor of law at the University of San Diego. She says she's one of the lead donors to the No on Prop 16 campaign. Hi. Hi we met at her home in Kensington. Just go cold turkey. Uh, you're not going to fix things by saying, well, we used to discriminate this way, now let's discriminate that way. The Yes on Prop 16 campaign argues recent protests against police brutality reflect how law enforcement treats black and brown people differently from white people. But Harriet says you can't solve discrimination with discrimination. That just perpetuates it forever. And she says underserved communities have done better. It's true, the UC California system has seen an increase in students of color. Since 1999, the percentage of Latinos has doubled and the black population has gone up by just under one percentage point. She says it's not helpful when students are admitted into schools they aren't prepared to compete at. It's a good thing when students attend colleges uh, where their academic credentials put them in the ballpark with the rest of students. But there are still disparities. While Latinos and Blacks make up around 46% of California's population, they're only a third of the undergrad UC California system. Autumn Arnett says that's because with or without affirmative action, we live in a racist society. We're not really good at acknowledging who we were discriminating against. She's an independent education equity researcher in Austin, Texas. So we know that across industries, whether education or employment, that white women have been the greatest beneficiaries of affirmative action. One 1995 California Senate committee study found that after decades of affirmative action, it was white women who ended up gaining most managerial jobs, not the people of color who were supposed to be elevated. Black and brown people have still not been able to see their levels of representation increase proportionate to their population numbers. Arnett says it's one thing to create a policy to give people of color more opportunities. But once they get to school or get to the job, they have to be given the support to succeed. People are absolutely getting more opportunities, right? You absolutely can't say whites only college. The detractors, though, are that maybe we didn't help the people that we set out to help as much as we needed to. Arnett says real progress can only happen when everyone commits to moving toward a more equitable society. Backers of Prop 16 say passing the proposition doesn't mean the work is done, but it's certainly a start.
Opponents say affirmative action isn't necessary, and the work to level the playing field is already happening. That was KPBS science and technology reporter Shalina Chetlani. Up next on the podcast, a fact check on a viral photo showing ballots thrown in a dumpster in California. We'll have the latest episode of Can You Handle the Truth from our partners at Cap Radio right after this break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. A photo went viral on social media falsely claiming that more than a thousand California ballots were recently found in a dumpster. To get to the bottom of this, Cap Radio's Steve Milney spoke with PolitiFact California reporter Chris Nichols for this week's Can You Handle the Truth? A weekly conversation about misinformation and Chris's latest fact checks. Here's that interview. Tell us about what happened with these ballots in Sonoma County. Well, these photos started spreading rapidly last week, both on Facebook and on conservative websites, showing what allegedly were unopened vote-by-mail ballots from the 2020 election. And the Post said the ballots were found in a dumpster at a county landfill. And Sonoma County election officials pushed back against this pretty quickly. They took to social media and asked users to help stop the spread of this false information. The county registrar of voters Diva Proto explained to me what was actually found at the landfill. She said they were old elections materials uh, that were taken to be recycled uh, per the California Elections Code. And the information, um, all the materials had nothing to do with the current election. And Proto said these materials were from 2018 and 2019. They included old voter information guides, ballot envelopes, test ballots, unused ballots, and probably some voted ballots. But she said those do not include a person's name, and there's no way to tie a ballot back to an individual once it's been discarded. Well, I guess it's possible, you know, leading up to the election, that we may see more questionable photos on Facebook or Instagram. I mean, is there anything the public can do about it? There is. Proto urged people to contact their election officials if they have questions or see something strange. She also had this really good advice. Check and see if it's been fact-checked. And um, if you're unsure, check it yourself. Uh, Most of the information that we got um, about kind of the false posts were people speculating. Wow, people speculating. That's interesting. Well, Chris, we've got 12 measures on the statewide ballot this fall, and you've been fact-checking some of the claims made by the campaigns for and against those measures, including one by the No on Prop 15 campaign. Tell us about that one. Well, Prop 15 would raise property taxes on large commercial and industrial properties. And the No campaign says it would also be a massive property tax increase on solar in California. To fact check this, I spoke with UC Davis tax law professor Darian Shansky. He says that statement is deceptive for two reasons. First, it's misleading because the claim suggests that it applies to residential solar, which it clearly does not. Second, Shansky says California approved a new law this year that actually protects the commercial solar industry from any new property tax increases should Prop 15 pass. Opponents say that new law will be challenged in the courts, 
But even the solar industry says it's confident that Prop 15 won't lead to higher taxes for its industry. All right. Well, Chris, what else is on your plate? Well, next Wednesday, we'll be fact-checking the debate between Vice President Mike Pence and California Senator Kamala Harris, who, of course, is the Democratic vice presidential candidate running with Joe Biden. And we'll be focused on statements that Harris makes about her record here in California. That was PolitiFact California reporter Chris Nichols speaking with CAP Radio's Steve Milne. You can find all of Chris's fact checks at politifact.com slash California. That's it for the podcast today. Thanks for listening. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.